Hello, and welcome to the BG Podcast, episode 212. Today, we're wrapping up the week of August 14th, 2023. Joining me is Bingham Group CEO, AJ Bingham. Welcome to the show, AJ. Hello, Hannah, and uh, another uh, week's behind, or is done for us, and you know, I think we're at record uh, 125 days of plus 100 degree weather. Yeah, but uh, forecast said it's going to be 90s soon. What a so relief. I'll, t- I'll take it. I'll take coming. it. Now that we're outside anyway, but... Yeah. <laughs> no, I avoid outside until the sun sets. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I try to, I, well, I similarly, or I get up early, way, you know, pretty early before the sun rises. So this week, we had the city passage of the city of Austin's FY24 budget. Yeah, and I think it was a record-setting quickest passage we've seen in at least my lifetime. Which is relatively short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they wrapped up, I mean, I think in the last several years, last several cycles of the budget, I mean, council has done a good, well, They've done a, They've been able to finish the budget and vote it out in total on the first day. As a reminder, council had um, from Wednesday, um, what's the August 16th. August sixteenth through today. We're recording this on August eighteenth to finish it. They completed the budget and the vote, and including public testimony and comment um, at three twenty four, right? So just, I mean, very very early. I think in the past may have gone to five at some points, and so. Yeah. Um, definitely in line with how the meetings have been going with council overall this last, uh, you know, this, this last year. And really great for anyone in the audience because they get to beat all the traffic. Well, it depends. Some people weren't were too happy about it. You know, as these things go, you know, there are just people who uh, are, are, are advocating for more of this or less of that. And so, um, well, some show note in our show notes, we have some articles that that really broke down the budget discussion. And I think particularly one of the items I want to highlight though is. Um, around police or awesome police department funding and it's kind of an interesting thing it's like strange bedfellows about this because you had you had both the police union the APD union um, as well as uh, several social justice groups including uh, Austin Justice Coalition that were both opposed to the increase of police funding different reasons but I think they're both opposed to it, which is you know that's not something normally you would see yeah, and I, I think we saw, you know, interim city manager, Jesus Garza, he, um, you know, touted that the new, in his proposal, there'd be a 7% increase in police funding. Um, and one of the things we know is that once we take the police budget up, it cannot go down. Um, mm-hmm. That's according to state law. And so I think, you know, there's a lot of questions about, um, you know, is this actually going to help, you know, long-term staff shortages that we've had in APD? Or is this just kind of throwing money at a problem, which I think we've seen, you know, historically it hasn't worked in a lot of situations. And so we shall see, we shall see. But, um. Yeah, I think to your point, the the concern from the police union was more about, it was it wasn't about the money, it was more well, we have this, we're getting this funding, but the staffing is a concern. And that's something that, that's been an overarching concern for prior to even intermediate manager guards' tenure. Um, it's ongoing concern, you know, just we don't have enough I think you factor in retirements or eligible retirements with, you know, the filling those gaps with the police police cat or police academy cadets, uh, and those are only about thirty people a class at tops. It's you know the numbers don't kind of we're not getting enough to, we're not getting enough people coming in to refill, you know, kind of either open vacancies or pending retirements. Yeah, I think um, also you know, I think based off of the news and kind of what we've all seen in um, across the since 2020 with the issues of, um, you know, protesting police brutality and um, perceived issues with um, policing from the community, I think, you know, it's a bigger problem than just, are they getting paid enough? This is about, um, I think, 
you know, a lot of people will say this is a culture issue um, and that it's, you know, going to take a lot more than just funding. Um, and so uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of stuff being done on that side in the cadet classes where they're bringing in, you know, more community engagement and doing a lot of stuff to actually make the cadet class better prepared for what they're coming into. Um, but, you know, I think it's going to take, a, um, you know, education, funding, and a lot of, you know, buy-in from council and staff to really just, you know, make this better. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, funding may help, but I don't think it's going to create the police department that the city of Austin wants. Yeah, and I think, again, right, it's a staffing thing. I mean, right now it's, again, the concern from the, from the union was just there's they don't have the bodies to handle even the, the money that's there. Yeah. I mean, the, money, the, the increased funding doesn't really matter if there's spots that – there's open spots no one can, can really do anything with that money. So more to come on that. And then I think, you know, with that, it's um, – we're getting back. We've gone through some of the recess with council, gone through the budget cycle. And so council resumes regular business on August 31st. And from that meeting through the end of the year, there are nine meetings with council, which is – I don't know where the year went. Neither do I. I can't believe that it's gone by so fast. I feel, I feel like it was like a week ago we were, you know, talking about going to inauguration. Mm-hmm. And we were all excited about that. Um, but no, it's gone by so fast. And when you kind of try to think about what they've accomplished in the first, you know, six months, you know, just up to June and July, they essentially rewrote like a third of the land development code. Well, they've they put in potential amendments yeah. because we have we have a slew of substantive reg- regulations like more than 10 yeah, yeah um and you know and there, yeah and there's you know there's a timeline kind of a trio they've st- city staff has established a triage of what items were you know kind of be taken up first but there's a, you know a significant amount of resolutions in the pipe that we'll probably see most likely uh come out this fall and early next year in 24 yeah, and then you know coming out of the budget there was a lot of um amendments um that came in from council members. You know, one is for from Cadre. So Cadre was, um, uh, you know, I think it was about five hundred thousand for um, spiked drinks mm-hmm. on testing strips. And then mm-hmm. we had another one from Council Member Jose Velasquez that was for um, HIV and STI testing. You know, we saw a big spike this summer, mm-hmm. and so that's going to be great. And then um, there was other stuff for homelessness as well as affordable housing and rental assistance. So. Um, you know, the city council, it seems, is hearing a lot of the issues and really tackling the things that I think the city and Austinites really care about. So that's great to see. But I think it's also going to be a lot more, I guess, action from city council required because they have to delegate this money. They have to spend it on something and a program to um, use it. So I think we'll, we'll see a lot of that in action this coming few months. There's definitely more to come. And then, you know, I think it's uh, as... I'm, just, I'm curious to see what will be the looming issues as we as we approach the end of the year, right? Is I think for those who don't follow council, or for those who don't follow council, um, you know, at this point, you know, you need to, as we're approaching especially the November, December range, you know, items, if they're not somewhat around the around the the, uh, the bend, I guess, you're on second base or whatever else, it's most likely going to get punted or po- you know, postponed until end of January or early February of 24. And so it's, you know, you know, you never, you never know what it's going to be. Sometimes, you know, either it can work for you. If your eye, if your eye happens to be on that, I think December 9th agenda, where it may be or not. And sometimes you want that. Sometimes you want to get it done. And you might be, usually those items as FYI, those agendas rather that last meeting tends to be as lengthy 
as the ones that before they go into recess or they come out of recess too. Yeah, like the one we just had recently where they came out of recess. Um, that was a really really long agenda. They didn't finish till about seven p.m. Which was a record in terms of them being. That's the latest they've they've said um, that they've been at council. Yeah, I believe they had almost two hundred items mm-hmm. on that agenda, and they still finished it very quickly. I think. Yeah. Compared to it's time for dinner. Yeah. No, I I. I was happy with that. I'm curious to see if that if they can maintain that, and I think it's that overall. I've heard you know positive comments about that. Just a welcome shift when, for all of involved in ball, I think both the city staff as well, and we all everyone has you know families and you know we're professionals, but it's just there's a being there until midnight isn't the best for everyone, right? If at all possible, sometimes it is it's necessary, right? But I mean, I think what we we've seen this last you know almost nine months is. Um, we can wade through and have debate over some weighty issues and still, you know, be finished in, you know, reasonable time. I think, I mean, I think about, I think about it from this council capacity. I mean, for anyone, you're on the dais for, you know, full day and you're hearing all these different kinds of items. So it's not even a focus. You at the Capitol, you might have all items around insurance or whatever else. It's a slew of things. And just, there's a, you know, there's a dip on that at some point. I think, both of us are, are former capital staffers, and um, in that legislative session, it's an 140-day essentially sprint. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, with with council, because they meet year-round except for their little breaks, I view it more as a marathon. And so, I think they've definitely taken that marathon approach, where it's like, you know, we don't want to spend 12 hours talking about one item. This is a marathon; we need to pace ourselves. And I and I think they've, they've done a very good job of of pacing themselves as well as taking the time to. Say like, okay, we passed all of this stuff. Now we have to do it in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. Um, because it felt to me, you know, in previous councils that they really just wanted to, you know, really get in in the nitty gritty on stuff that maybe should have been punted to a committee, um, kind of similar to how the the capital does it. And so um, I think they're doing a great job right now of delegating and, and doing their background homework before they hit the dais. And so I'm I'm quite pleased with it. I think we'll see some. I think we've seen better policy come out of it, in all honesty. I'm really curious to see, you know, talking about the council committees, um, I know that was an initiative that was started started under Mayor, our former Mayor, Steve Adler, awesome Mayor Steve Adler, and the impetus for that had been to, it was modeled after the state, uh, our state committees, where items, you know, we have mobility, there's a mobility committee, for example, any items around transit mobility would get sussed out there, and then, you know, by way of that, voted out of that committee to council, and at council, there might be some debate, but a lot of it, a lot of the, you know, the nitty gritty had been done at committee level. That hasn't been the case um, with the system. I mean, you know, items are heard there, but it doesn't necessarily, no, it doesn't impede something from going to council. No, I mean, the same way an item being voted no on planning commission will stop it from going to council. So I know this came up when, you know, right around inauguration when council members were picking selecting rather their committee assignments but uh, there was some discussion around the structure and this influence that the count that the committees have and i believe council was slated for a a um an at work session uh, retreat and this i remember that was one of the items that mayor watson had brought up that they would be discussing is this the the overall format and structure of these committees so more to come there and i, I could see well, you know a shift could happen there Potentially, right? Anything's possible. I think that's something that would be, that would definitely add a layer of, um, you know, a little more, a layer of structure that's missing right now. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, they do, so like with the, I think one of the things that has been, you know, the top issue is land use and housing, 
And so all of the council members are pretty smart on that. I don't think they really needed to have to punt it to a committee because um, they all come very prepared to talk about this stuff. You know, when we're talking about minimum lot size and pervious cover, very technical stuff. All of them seem to know what that is. So, so kudos to them and staff for being, being smart mm -hmm. on that. But as we get into other issues where it's like public health and, you know, environmental testing and all of that. Public good, safety. Yeah, public safety. I think that's going to be when, when we start needing council members to be, be experts on it in their own committees rather than having all 11 of them. Mm -hmm. have to, you know, hash it out. Or also, you think about, yeah, I mean, staff capacity and just, I mean, I think they've done, you know, just if, if our meetings have been, our council meetings have been run very efficiently, and so what what would a layer of, of these committees bring to that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think it would also provide the public more just opportunities to really get in, you know, get into the, the weeds of an issue yeah, in a targeted way. A lot of the times these, these committees meet, um, in the evening too, so mm -hmm. we give people a time that's not 10 a.m. Mm -hmm. to come testify, because I know a lot of folks work. Mm -hmm, exactly. Well, uh, anything else you want to add? Um, it's really hot outside, so um, stay indoors if you can. Um, save water and all that good stuff. You know? Watch your watch your uh, your AC uh, limits. I know we had we had a warning from ERCOT yesterday, Thursday. Um, you know, asking people to watch their power usage between like, three and seven p.m. So. Which is just the hottest part of the day. I know. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if, you're, if you if you work if you work uh, outside the home, you know, definitely uh, do your part. We are. And uh, with that, though, have a great weekend. Yeah, we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the BG Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share with your colleagues. The BG Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. The BG Podcast is a product of the Bingham Group LLC an Austin-based lobbying firm serving businesses, nonprofits, and trade associations at the municipal and state level. You can learn more about the Bingham Group at www.binghamgp.com. That's B-I-N-G-H-A-M-G-P.com. And for the latest firm news and content updates, follow us on LinkedIn. We'll have a link in the show notes. Thank you.